Welcome to the South Carolina State Library's podcast, Library Voices SC. I'm Curtis Rogers, Communications Director, and today I'm pleased to have with us, back in our podcast studio, two of our State Library staff members, Sarah Pettis and Carrie J. Shoon. Sarah and Carrie work in our Collections and Digitization Department and are here today to share some interesting items from our collection. So welcome back to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having us. Hello. Hello. Um, so it's still National Poetry Month. We're here at the end of April and um, both of you have chosen some items from our collection to discuss. And Carrie's going to tell us a little bit about Helen von Koldnitz Heyer. And I love that name. That you know, it's, <laughs> It sounds like we were talking about it earlier. It sounds like someone one from a James Bond film. <laughs> right, you know, a James Bond film. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, she was the second poet laureate of South Carolina and has three different books in our collection, which we'll have links to on our podcast page. And Sarah has also found a few titles in our collection to discuss, and they are A Season in the Hour, Poems from the Prisons of South Carolina, and that was done by Frank Graziano. And the second one is Home is Where, colon. It's kind of like you want to say home is where the heart is or where something is, but this is home is where, an anthology of African-American poetry from the Carolinas, and that was from Kwame Dawes. So, Sarah, why don't you tell us a little bit about these books you've chosen from our collection? Yeah, um, so I was just looking through searching poetry, basically, and we have a ton of stuff um but this one really caught my eye because it's so different from a lot of the other things that we have because it's from the prisons of south carolina so in the um forward or intro in the intro frank graziano um talks about how he was able to go into like six of the prisons in south carolina and just kind of do classes on poetry and that Hmm. kind of thing and in the introduction he really goes more in depth about some of the prisoners and kind of his experiences which is interesting and then the rest of it is just um the various poems from about six of the of the i think they're all men in here um and to put it in context what year was this published because because you don't (laughs) hear a lot about you know people going into prisons and coming out with books of poetry you know it's kind of interesting yeah 1978 oh and it was through oh this is the other part um <clears throat> Excuse me, through the South Carolina Arts Commission. Oh, okay. Um, all right. So, uh, yeah, it was just really interesting. And I mean, they're not all like, this is what prison was like. Because I was like, oh, is that going to be what this is? Or, <laughs> right. And they're just kind of about anything and everything. I think there's a few that are specifically about prison and experiences. But um, mm. yeah. And so I just thought that was really interesting that we even had that and that was even a thing that people could come check out. So, yeah. Um, one of the. Is it okay if I read one Yeah, of please do. Um, I have a, one from each of the, the books I found. This one is called Julia, and it's by James Rogers. And it goes like this. And there may be a relation. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I have never seen you except in a color photo from your prom. You hold onto an arm in a white dinner jacket where you cut its body off. I have never talked to you except in words written on yellow legal paper with a hand that shakes in anticipation of the missing touch. I never tasted your eyes except for the scent of dogwoods in spring, dredged up from the smothering sauce of my memory gone amuck. The way I found you lying on a jagged piece of my life, thrown clear of the smoldering asphalt where my lonely secrets bleed, dissipating into darkness as I clutch blindly toward your star. I saw you walking barefoot in a dream in the shadow of a mountain rising past the barbed wire fence. 
Wow. Wow. Was like, yeah, it's like gracious. gaming goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> so I just thought that was really impressive. And it was just really cool to see this kind of art coming from a well, place where there's you really not art. Right. You wouldn't <laughs> you know? think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You think of, you know, cold, clinical, kind of sterile environment mm-hmm. and, and this coming out of a, a prison. And I mean, it actually sounded like a seasoned poet. You mm-hmm. know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 And yes, oh, the, the other thing about this that I have written in my notes that I forgot to read. Um, this was an arts and prisons program. Okay, so it was so something the Arts Commission. Yeah. So I, I don't know if that's still happening. I couldn't find a ton of information on mm-hmm. all of this, but mm-hmm. I, yeah. So, and then the other book that I found is, like you said, an anthology of African American poetry from the Carolinas. So there are uh, so many <laughs> authors or poets. Um, featured in here but I love the title home is where mm -hmm. you know it's like it just just leaves you hanging Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah and so um in his intro Kwame Dawes talks about how really he wanted this to kind of celebrate the strength of African-American poets in the Carolinas region but he didn't necessarily go out to seek out poetry that was specifically about South Carolina Mm. or specifically about the South Mm -hmm. but a lot of it is Mm -hmm. it's just more of like the featured poets um from the area in more of a regional anthology which kind of gives more attention to more poets as opposed to a national Mm -hmm. anthology Mm -hmm. um and so there are so i had a hard time picking one but there is one about hurricane hugo that Mm. i thought was really interesting fun fact uh Hurricane Hugo happened right before I was born. <laughs> 1989. 89, <laughs> for context. So we're coming up on the Oof. 30th anniversary. And and keep in mind that I was at a Hurricane Hugo party during, <laughs> you know, like 2 a.m. outside with, you know, swimsuit on. <laughs> anyway, I might have to edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the womb. Right. <laughs> I was not born for five more years. <laughs> your, your parents hadn't met. So. Yeah. My, no, my parents got married in 82, okay. and then they had their first kid in 92. Oh, okay. So, like, okay. Yeah. yeah. That was nice. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> this is also kind of long. So this one is called In Search of Hugo's Fury by Catherine Lambkin. Hurricane Hugo. I am a starless knight in search of Hugo's fury. There is no peace in knowing where the hurricane is headed, south of here. Off the coast of Charleston, down home cooking. Okra, soup, gumbo, and red rice. Holler through my grandmother's kitchen window. Buttermilk biscuits storm the kitchen and demand to be eaten. Bellies fill themselves with fear instead. The wind begins his ritual dance of death and destruction, hurling his body through the air, swinging his arms to and fro, stopping ferociously every tree in its path. Black-eyed Susans wrap themselves tighter around their mother's earth. Magnolias pray for their very own life as I imagine Tara releasing herself. Rampaging through butterbean fields, collards, and turnip greens, I imagine my people, every single one of them, huddled somewhere in prayer. As Tara roams from house to house, stopping first at Aunt Eartha Lee's, the door is locked. Aunt Eartha Lee is too busy cradling the home that has been in her family for 900 full moons, some 70-odd years or so. You ain't got nothing to worry about, you hear? You come from a long line of strong pine trees. Papa built you to endure this ain't the first hurricane you've been through and probably won't be the last. The house seemed to sigh in relief, sticking out his chest, 
He dared Hugo to lay a hand on him. While Aunt Ertholie collected what memories she could find and stuffed them into a little suitcase. For she lived too close to the place where the fish where fish dream off the shores of James Island. The the visuals I got out of that, because I'm hungry, were mostly of the food. <laughs> 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 I was eating a lot of food. <laughs> I mean, and it sounded really food. good. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Agreed. <laughs> wow, that's yeah. that's really neat. What and what other kinds of topics are addressed in that um, um, anthology? I found one a short one about jazz. There's one about pe- a peach orchard. Some religious ones, one called Carolina Gold. And that's probably about rice. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so just kind of a little bit of everything. There's one called Hmm. Two George Washingtons. I was like, what? And also I'll remind folks that these are books you can actually check out from our collection. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, we'll have links to all of these in our podcast page, and um, you can check them out. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) this this. This particular anthology is from 2011. Okay. So. Um, one older and one newer. Yeah. Cool. I thought that was, and I, it was just a lot of very interesting um, perspectives and that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I had a good time reading through those. And I'm not super into poetry, but mm-hmm. I, I had a good time reading these. So that was nice. <laughs> cool. Well, you know, the one with the prison, that's really, it, it's such an amazing program. And you kind of, it makes you think, you know, during that time period, if that was like a program in other states mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, doing poetry in prison. And they may be doing it today. I don't know. Yeah, I have yeah. no idea. be interesting to check into. Okay, so, cool. Well, thank yeah. you. All right. So, Carrie, tell us about Helen von Kolnitz-Haya. Okay, so I <laughs> I found out about her. We've been writing bookspine poetry for National Poetry Month where we're taking the titles of books we find in the collection and stacking them to create like, mm-hmm. prose. Mm-hmm. And one of her books was in one of our poems, and it was What the Wind Forgets, A Woman's Heart Remembers. And uh, I thought her name was so wild, so uh-huh. I started to look <laughs> her up. <laughs> like we said before, she sounds like a James Bond villain. Mm-hmm. So I, I started researching about her, and she was born December 30th, 1896, in Charleston. So she was a turn-of-the-century woman. She wrote poetry as a child and memorized verse and performed it for her family members. Her grandparents lived in Mount Pleasant. Okay. And so they would have guests come over, and she would recite this 19th-century poetry as, like, a 7-year-old girl, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, kind of showing off a little. Mm-hmm. Um, she attended Ashley Hall, which mm-hmm. is a school in Charleston, yeah. still yep. open. Mm-hmm. And apparently she wrote a poem for a contest, and it's now their school song. Oh, wow. Like, it won the wow. contest and officially became the school song. I couldn't find the school song anywhere. Really? Huh. But did you call Ashley Hall? I did not. <laughs> <laughs> but that is what I learned. <laughs> so her first published poem was in Romance. It was a, It's a magazine. Uh, when she was 17 years old, so about 1913. Mm-hmm. Uh, later, she was published in, multiple times in Adventure magazine. Now, Paul Edward Allen later remarked in the fall of 1976 issue of the South Carolina Review mm-hmm. that it was interesting and befitting to see that um, Helen von Kolnitz Heyer was published in magazines called Romance and Adventure because Southern Romance and Adventure of Confederate Heroes was usually what she wrote about. She wrote about history and she wrote poems about Andrew Jackson mm. and also just like the nature of South Carolina. Mm-hmm. So um, Paul Edward Allen wrote, if we care nothing for these, we will not enjoy Mrs. Heyer's work as it should be appreciated. 
later in 1920, she joined the Poetry Society of South Carolina. So the Poetry of Society of South Carolina was founded in 1920 on November 17th. So she pretty she joined it pretty early, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, right when it started. She was one of the first members, I guess. Okay. Um, but while she was in the Poetry Society, she won their first poetry contest. Mm. And apparently people didn't like that she won. Really? Because <laughs> she was a young woman uh-huh. and everyone else was kind of a lot older. Uh-huh. And uh, Helen is quoted saying, they thought I was very young, but it didn't bother me. What really burnt them up was our first poetry contest. I won it. They didn't think a young girl should win. <laughs> Atta girl. <laughs> a little sassy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was said that she was mentored by Laura Bragg. She was one of the co-founders of the Poetry Society of Mm -hmm. South Carolina. Um, Bragg was the first woman museum director in America. Oh, wow. And that was over at the Charleston Museum in 1920. Okay. Um, I learned that Laura Bragg was uh, also deaf due to scarlet fever and attended the Alexander Graham Bell School for the deaf. Hmm. She's really interesting. That's a story for another day. Yeah, (laughs) sure. Another Um, podcast. (laughs) (laughs) uh, But it looks like 1920 was a really big year for everybody mm-hmm. because that's when she joined the poetry society she won the contest the society was founded so it's just a big mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. a lot going on mm-hmm. she was also mentored uh, and friendly with archibald rutledge mm-hmm. he wrote similar things that she did like nature of south carolina it's said that she referred to him as archie so they're <laughs> they're pretty good friends uh, his family goes back generations in south carolina including thomas pinckney he mm-hmm. was a South Carolina governor and general, fought for independence during the American Revolution, and Thomas Pinckney's brother is Charles Coatsworth Pinckney, who signed the U.S. Constitution. Mm-hmm. So, and was Rut- was Archibald Rutledge our first poet laureate? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so she became the second South Carolina poet laureate after Archibald Rutledge after he died. Um, he's also in our collection, by the mm-hmm. way. <laughs> Uh, so a poetry laureate is someone who is honored as the most distinguished representative of poetry in the country or region. So specifically, this one is South Carolina, obviously. Mm-hmm. So when she passed away in 1983, it ended her reign as the South Carolina Poet Laureate. And it was passed on to Ennis Samuel Reese Jr. Um, when Mr. Reese received the title, the governor changed the format to Poet Laureate being from being a lifetime title to only a title for one year. Oh, really? Yeah, Interesting. So and so that must have changed again because I know Marjorie Wentworth has been our poet laureate for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so at that time it was mm-hmm. just a your poet laureate for one year and then yeah. it goes on to the next person uh-huh. the next year. Interesting. So it's a little disappointing, but it's still <laughs> a very honorable thing to mm-hmm. receive. And when did you say she died? She must have been... 1983. And she was born in 18-something? 1896. Wow. Yeah. So she had a nice she long life. She had a long life. Wow. So when... Helen won the Poet Laureate title. Uh, she wrote a book of poetry. It was What the Wind Forgets, A Woman's Heart Remembers. Woman's Heart Remembers. Mm-hmm. Um, it was dedicated to Rutledge. She wrote, uh, To the honored and revered memory of Dr. Archibald Rutledge, first Poet Laureate of South Carolina, in grateful appreciation for long years of counseling and friendship. So uh, some of her poems are pretty funny. Oh, really? She- <laughs> <laughs> yes. She writes a lot about nature and South Carolina, but some of them are really silly. Um, Mm -hmm. There's this one limerick she wrote in 1968 for the Poetry Society. She won a prize for it, and it says, A lady who lived just to borrow, moved next to us much to our sorrow. We fulfilled all her wishes. Now she has all our dishes. To our sorrow, we'll borrow tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. (laughs) 
But um, I have an, an example of her natural romantic poetry. Mm-hmm. It's called Autumn Perspective, and that's from What the Wind Forgets. Mm-hmm. It says, Today, in a blue vase upon my mantel shelf, I placed tendrilled stems with clustered yellow globes. Today, beside the pasture pond, pale corn stalks framed an orange-golden sunset sky. Tonight, by the warmth of the glowing fire, the clustered yellow globes have burst apart, revealing in the firelight their orange, tawny seeds. Tonight, the voices of the cornfield, the maples, the lake, the sunset, whisper among themselves, asking, what is life like? And the wind, the orange, tawny seeds, and my heart answer, bittersweet. Hmm. That's neat. Cool. A lot of visuals from mm-hmm. that. Right. Uh, so she had an impressive 50-year career as a poet. Mm-hmm. Um, she's published about nine different books of poetry, but we only have three of them in our collection. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll um, work on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so her deep love for South Carolina and its nature is what makes her poetry so great and the t- touch the lives of so many, whether they write poetry or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so um, the What the Wind Forgets, uh, the um, edition we have in our collection was from 1975, but when was that originally published? Would it have been in the 20s? Well, What the Wind Forgets was written for Archibald Rutledge when he died, and she became okay. poet lord, so I believe it was... Because her other book, The Santee Songs, that was in, that's in our Rare Books collection, and that was from 1923. Right. Santee Songs is in our Rare Books collection. Um, anyone can come see it if they want. They just have to request mm-hmm. assistance. But um, What the Wind Forgets... No, it's 75. Okay. Yeah, What the Wind Forgets was uh, published in 1975 after Archibald Rutledge died to honor him and her becoming the next one. So right when he died, she okay. became the uh, Poet Laureate in 1976. I got you. Anything else about Helen von Kolnitzhaya? <laughs> <laughs> I just like saying her name. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah, okay. she's pretty interesting. There, you can always look up more information on the South Carolina Encyclopedia. Yep, and thank you. We've got that link, so that link will be on our podcast page. So very cool. Great information about about all of this wonderful poetry in our collection, and thanks so much for being with us today. Yeah, Yeah. thank you. And thank you to our listeners. You can find Library Voices SC on Podbean, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio, or add us on your favorite podcast app. Our podcast website address is libraryvoices.podbean.com. We love hearing from our listeners, so send us your comments and suggestions for future topics. Library Voices SC is the official podcast of the South Carolina State Library. Until next time, this is Curtis Rogers. Thanks for listening. 